1: to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends, just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles in the teams, like Scrammy's topped with
0: cheese, it's Philadelphia, Bo- and Zach kicking it, cooler than 3 people, until Zach runs off with his valet key. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose, it's time for some juice. On some birds f- with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn. On some birds f- with friends. Both s- and Zach coming at you with steps and things, flapping their wings this, on this, f- uh, they can feel like bathing suits. What they, you know, one- what... <laughs> <friends. laughs> finish it up. <laughs>
1: Sometimes you gotta what take they, them off. What
2: the hell? Uh, what, what they show is is revealing, but what they conceal is vital, right? So,
1: <laughs> hello everybody, and welcome to Burns with Friends on a Monday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn here to talk about Monday's practice, practice number four for the Philadelphia Eagles. We've got we'll have the this report. We'll send it to the Stone Cold Newsman. We'll talk about things we've learned to the first four days, but really tonight is about sleepless nights tonight is about being excited for tomorrow because tomorrow zach the pads go on and, and it's not really football until you can hit somebody am i right well it is gonna be an exciting practice right i mean the, the
2: pads come on you and an astute observer of practice will be there front and center for o-line d-line um which you know they they had it today it the first
1: time today very with exciting. shoulder
2: pads on but as marissa can probably tell us It's better when it's full padded, right? So uh, they will be out there tomorrow full pads, and it'll be a good day to really ascertain or evaluate the linemen as opposed to the skill guys. These first three, four days have been mostly about skill guys. Tomorrow, that's when you start evaluating the guys wearing the guardian
1: hats. Mm, The big, strong, powerful men. Marissa, how are you you doing? How was your weekend?
3: Um, Weekend was great. Um, Caught up on the Jeter documentary. I actually watched it twice um so obviously that was great weekend um yeah it was beautiful here in northeast ohio so can't complain how about you guys
1: great and uh nothing else going on in cleveland related nope. to football we will stay away from uh, anything that could be so uh you know yep Let's, let's beautiful let's sunny eagles. weekend yep yeah. absolutely yeah uh, I heard
3: there's no t- no live tackling in eagles uh practice so obviously that's got to be talked about
1: that's right um zach yes do you mind if we send it over to the stone cold newsman? I don't know if you uh, need to like jump into the phone booth like uh, Clark Kent. Uh, now, are you? Is that? Are, do you know who Clark Kent? Clark Kent. Is? Of
2: course, big Superman fan.
1: Okay, so yes. uh, hop into your phone booth as yep. we now prepare to send it over to the stone cold newsman for the latest from the Novacare Complex and all the happenings as the Philadelphia Eagles continue training camp.
2: Eagles' sixth-round pick, Grant Calcaterra, has a hamstring injury. He is out for – there's no definitive timetable yet, but Coach Nick Sirianni said they will be cautious with his recovery. So he is sidelined right now. Good news for the Eagles. Defensive tackle, Milton Williams, back at practice today on a limited basis. He had an elbow injury that sidelined him in Saturday's session. Other than that, Zach Paschal – an injury to monitor there. Has an, uh, a stomach illness that required hospitalization, apparently. Uh, he is on the mend. It sounds like he's getting better, but still no word on his recovery there. And other than that, really, that there's, there's no major news. Eagles have stayed uh, relatively healthy. No transactions yet to date.
1: Back to you in the studio.
2: Back to you in the studio. All right. Zach, have you ever had food poisoning? <laughs> I've never had well, nah. You know, it's it's interesting you frame it that way. No, I I, I don't think I've had like why why is that interesting? Poisoning. Well, well, I, I I've had like meals that might not agree with me, but I I won't know if I would consider them. Yeah, I think you would know 11. if you've had food poisoning. Right, exactly. So I've I've never had the the type of food poisoning that you see when a player's out. I've I've had like you know. I'm not going to go to this restaurant again, type, type meals. Right.
1: Okay. Only once in my life have I had true, true food poisoning and it was uh, a terrible night spent, you know, sleeping on the, at the, at the floor of the toilet, waking up every uh, few minutes. Uh, Tough, tough scene. Probably shouldn't have eaten that, uh, that, that leftover shrimp that had not been refrigerated. Bad job by a uh, 20 year old uh, college student. Stupid thing to do. Marissa, how about you?
3: Um, I have not, but uh, Michael got food poisoning on Thanksgiving. Not at my house. Oh, so I'll oh just no. say that um, early on in us dating, and he can't look at turkey the same. So, oh no!
1: Yeah, really. really Thanksgiving?
3: Yeah, like that's his favorite holiday. So yeah, Might the as stuffing well. was cooked in the turkey, and you know, like I don't, you're not supposed to do that. Um, and mm. he loves stuffing, so he had a lot of stuffing. That's that what it they say. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 Do the dry stuffing.
3: Yep. So mm. yeah. I fortunately have not experienced that, but I've had to witness him experience it. So not great. But
1: now was it was it a multi day affair for Michael? You don't have to put him out to you know, <laughs> on blast here, but was it or was it one bad night?
3: It was like a day and a half. Oof. Yeah.
1: Did he like lose weight? Was it in the middle of a football he season? thought it
3: no, it was it must have been a year that he was like hoping to get picked back up because he was home. Okay. Oh, you to read I just, all about now that. Now I just spoiled where he got the <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to spare that, but I was, yeah. was going to say
2: if 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 readers want to know about that journey, they can read Bo's story on Marissa and Michael that appeared on the Athletic last summer. Yeah. I don't
1: think the I don't think the food poisoning uh, anecdote made it in there, but yeah, by all means, Bo. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 curious what
2: you're doing going with shrimp in Winston Salem. I would not expect like Winston yeah, Salem. Well, actually, this summer. was
1: Greensboro. It was the summer after I graduated college. Okay. I mean, you're 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 a dumb. I mean, you know, you can get get good Thai food uh, in lots of places, but yeah, I mean, wasn't wasn't the smartest move I ever made. It was after. Uh, I remember it very vividly. It was after uh, we saw The Dark Knight.
3: Hmm.
1: So hmm. summer of two thousand eight,
3: and it was a dark night for you.
1: It was a and it was a <laughs> very well done, Marissa. Good work. That's exactly right. <laughs> weird deal i had that summer uh interning at the business journal the uh the triad newspaper uh and uh living with living with a just a, a random roommate you know a couple couple months that was my that was my summer how did the the uh the that random roommate take the food poisoning you know he for some reason he was gone that night okay. so i did have the house to myself which was probably for the best sure yeah yeah
3: definitely for the best <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: definitely for the best uh all right yeah a lot of, lot of throwing up okay good way to start the pod. yeah what is your way? early and often here yes and of course zach Pascal, uh the one who is who is dealing with that for the eagles all right zach uh you uh were at the uh behind the wheel for the uh report today so let's let's get into the Quackness report uh as you as you alluded to we saw o-line d-line one-on-ones for the first time but let's start with the uh the macro perspective i would say through three days we said uh, offense won the first day defense won the second day and the third day. How did you fare? How would you call it? If you were a boxing judge on day four, offense, first defense draw, yeah. right? I, nine, I, nine. St- if you're a boxing judge.
2: Yes. Yeah, slight lean perhaps toward the offense, but you know what? As I'm thinking about it, I, I, I thought if you're evaluating Jaylen Hurts, and I, I did a lot of Joe and hurts watching today. I thought he Flex. was, <laughs> I thought he was efficient, right? Um, I thought you asked uh, Nick Sirianni a really good question or a question that got a really good answer before practice about the interceptions. I agree. It was a better
1: answer than question.
2: And and, and Nick Sirianni brought us through each of Jalen Hurts' three interceptions because his evaluation of the quarterbacks or of the passing game rather through the first three days was that you want to cut down on the turnovers. Well, there were no turnovers today. Uh, There were only two incompletions from what I um, I, I jotted down. I, I should say it was a, heavier running day than maybe some other days. But, uh, you know, it, there were a lot of sure intermediate passes. And Jalen didn't go downfield too often. And what I wrote in the practice observations is there, frankly, might be Sundays this fall where that's what the Eagles want from Jalen, right? Efficient, put the ball in a spot where A.J. Brown can run after the catch. A.J. Brown had a slant that he was in position to run after the catch. There was a play early on in practice when, um, Jalen stepped up into into the pocket, threw to Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith had some ground in front of him to run. Um, the Eagles, when they're talking about big plays or explosive explosive plays, it it might be coming with with yards after the catch as opposed to those deep shots downfield. So that's what jumped out to me there with the the two incompletions. One that that um, it was the Dallas Goddard, and uh, it was seemed slightly underthrown. And then there was another one. I don't know if it was a miscommunication or an overthrown pass, or a
1: miscommunication.
2: <laughs> but it was it was to AJ Brown um, along the right sideline where where you were standing. So 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 you probably had a good vantage point there. Uh, defensively, and I, I know you'll probably get to this. I thought the story of the day, and this was the lead of the practice observations, uh, was Jordan Davis jumped out. Like I, I, I wrote, Jordan Davis. You you can't watch Jordan Davis in practice and not notice him. Right, because he's such a big guy, uh, but he made plays on the ball today. Um, he stuffed a run early on. There was a play that I I I didn't know if it was a sack or if they if if they allowed Hurts to pass it, um, but but he was in the backfield cleaning up there, and um, the fact that he penetrated was a good sign in a game that's either a sack or a, 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 at the least a quarterback hit. Like he was he was right there. Uh, so, so, so that's a good sign, I, I thought for Jordan Davis. This was of the four days with the best the, Jordan with the, Davis day,
1: and he got reps with the first team for the first time. Um, yes, and, and I think that has a lot to do with you know Milton Williams is down and and Fletcher Cox is sort of in and out at at the moment. So, don't uh, read too much into it. But yeah, I, th- I thought I would agree that this was of the of the four days of campus was the first day where Jordan Davis was a uh, was a focal point. Yes. To the uh, to the point you were you were talking about Jalen Hurts and Sirianni's answer, I thought that was a good um, overview of the the kinds of things we've talked about. So he ha- he's had three interceptions in team periods. Uh, on the first day, he had that one to the left corner of the end zone where it was a it was like a one on one route between Goddard and Marcus Epps, and Goddard looked like he had a little bit of a step right away, and Epps made a really nice play and cut in front of the ball made, made a nice interception. Sirianni said that was like, he, he should have made a better throw. The ball should have maybe come out a little bit sooner, but that was like a mistake you live with. Uh, I'm not so sure that like, if it was actually a red zone, uh, you know, in, a, in the regular season, you wouldn't really want that. But uh, that was like a better play by Marcus Epps than it was a bad decision um, by Hertz. There was the interception from Avante Maddox on the second day of practice where Sirianni said he would like to see Hertz check that one down. Um, and otherwise, like the, the throw could have been a little better. He said, you probably live with some mistakes inside the pocket uh, more than you do bad decisions. And that's why the the one interception of the three that really uh, rankled him and they want to correct is the one from Saturday when Jalen Hurts was rolling to his left and sort of tried to fire a ball into a tight window across his body. And Andre Sachere made the interception. And that was the one where, um, you know, that that was the one they really don't want to see. And you know, my question was, like, is this, is this a, uh, an opportunity for him to, like, try things uh, and see if they work? Or do you want him to be treating every rep like it is a game rep? And to, my understanding was that, like, he, he's not really super interested in him trying things. He wants him to make the right decisions because this is practice for making those decisions when when the, uh, the nerf bullets are live. I would agree with that assessment. A.J.
2: Brown said... On it was it was Wednesday of last week that you have to understand there are times in training camp when they're trying new things, right? But I I <clears throat> excuse me I interpreted Nick Sirianni's answer the same way you did that uh, that they they want him like to make these right decisions. Actually, Sirianni had a it, it wasn't to your question I think it was to the first question of the day when he he, he said they've they've've they've gone back and like shown in meetings these decisions and and said this was the right decision like 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 you went right where you were supposed to on this play right and so I, I think that's what they're they're looking for here
1: and his point was also that that the offense in general like yeah. everybody was doing the right thing, which is why he said he has been pleased uh, with the passing offense so far. Uh, there was one other thing I was going to say and I've not forgotten it so there you go. Uh, all right, Zach. anybody else? Anybody else stand out to you on uh, in during the team drills on the offensive side of the ball? So I, I mentioned AJ Brown, right? And it was it, it was just
2: because it was so it was one play, but it was so obvious that when you know Shield, our former co-host, uh, who was at practice today, sorry, um, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Shield was was gazing up to, to to use the phrase I would say gazing um, up. Um, A.J. Brown, ab- about how fun he is to watch for the fans, right? And I think when you see A.J. Brown in the open field, you see why that is. To me, it's, it, it reminds me uh, – this this might come off as hyperbole. It reminds me almost like T.O., right? When, when T.O. gets the ball in the open field with the head of steam, good luck to the defensive back who, who needs to bring him down. A.J. Brown's built that way. He runs that way. And I think that's 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 what you saw on that slant. Um, who else jumped out in practice? I, I think Miles Sanders had a good practice, right? Miles Sanders now it's Well, let's get 20- into this
1: uh, as as uh, Berman Sandersgate continues and moves on into day two, uh, or at least uh, practice two, maybe day three. there was a bit of a uh, there was a bit of a continuation of this storyline early in practice.. <laughs>
2: This has nothing to do with me, Bo. Um, we don't know that. <laughs> Miles Sanders went for a big run and he seemed to have something to say to mm. somebody or, some or some John. Yeah, no, I was in the opposite corner. I, I was so to, to give, to be the eyes for our listeners and our viewers here, the Eagles have three practice fields, okay? When they are on the middle field, you can't stand on the sideline. So the only place that you can watch it is from the end zone, from the far end zone usually. And uh, in that case, you can either stand toward a side and, and look at it from an angle as you did, or they have um, stairs, uh, you know, they they have Ooh. seating that you can stand on and you can and, and you get the bird's eye view. Uh, now it is from a distance, but that's where I was. So, when you're there, you're a little farther from the action, so you can't hear any of the dialogue, if you will. And so I, I, I don't know what Miles Sanders was 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 saying or who he was saying it to. Miles, so where's Zach? Where's the handsome guy?
3: <laughs> I don't Did think he was that? saying
2: that, but if if he said that, I would appreciate the nice words. Thank you. Um, but uh, Miles Sanders had a nice run. He's been running the ball, in my opinion, really well this summer. Now I, I frame it that way, running the ball because like you pointed out the first day he dropped or he bobbled a pass and you you've seen i think gainwell more in the passing game early on than, than than we've seen miles in the passing game but uh miles looks healthy he looks explosive and as long as those as long as he stays healthy
1: i think he's in line to have a, a really good season and as we we've talked about uh, you know i think in a more running back friendly situation than probably any running back in the entire league. So in a contract year, not necessarily a chance for him to have a monster year. So, so I say I, that because the the offensive line is very good. Yes. And because the quarterback takes so much attention away from just the running back because of his running ability. I think now I understand you, you, you your uh, counter volume might be, might be volume Yep. But on a yeah on a, on a per play basis, I think he's in as friendly a, an opportunity as anybody.
2: I mean, I I certainly don't want to put words in Miles Sanders's mouth. Right. Um, but Miles Sanders had a podcast this summer with John Clark, where he kind of suggested
1: yeah. that, like, you know, the volume isn't there. Right. Um, so well, maybe he maybe maybe for once he could prove that he could handle that volume <laughs> without getting injured. We'll see. So, but, but I think he's had a good summer and I thought he had a good day today. And part of it might be
2: like the, the Jordan Matthews effect where, you know, when you finish all your, your runs all the way to the end zone, like it's, it stands out. Yeah, exactly. Um, But what jumps out to me is the acceleration, like the explosiveness he's, he's getting through the hole and, and to the corner pretty quickly this summer.
1: Now, speaking of John Clark and speaking of Miles Sanders, uh, I had a couple questions from uh, from subscribers about the like the rabbit-eared nature of some of the uh, Eagles. It seems like you know you've got AJ Brown, uh, you know, paying attention to the chatter about Jalen Hurts over the summer and being uh, pretty responsive. You've got the Miles Sanders situation. You've got Jalen Rager today uh, responding to a John Clark tweet about uh, Rager having drops in camp, which I actually didn't I didn't notice, but I may not have been paying attention to that. Part of the field at the time, I might have been watching O line, D line, one on ones. Uh, is this like a is this a thing that's on your radar? Like, is are you worried that people are, players are paying too much attention to what the uh, yokels like us are writing?
2: Not necessarily, right? I think I think this is fairly common now. I, you know, social media tends to give a forum, if you will, and then perhaps that's a good thing. But but in essence, wasn't you know Jason Kelsey's. Whole uh, Super Bowl speech. Well, not whole but a big chunk of his Super Bowl speech was ab- about this very topic, right? Like responding to narratives. Mm. Um, and, and so, no, it's. It, uh, I don't think it's it's a uh, it's a big deal. I I, I know it gets attention. I, I mean, you can say their attention should be allocated elsewhere. Um, but but to me, like you know, they're 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 going to be paying attention to it. I actually. I kind of find it laughable sometimes when like they act like they don't know what's being said or mm. written about them. It's uh, I'll,
1: I, you know, I'll a, I'll give a slight somebody, you know, Bob, it's Bob's job to tell me what you guys are <laughs> yeah. going to ask about. So he told me I'll give a slight, um, pop culture reference here. Uh, here we go. which is I, and
2: I, I hope I, I, I don't screw this up because I don't know the song and I don't know who sings it, but I was in an airport one time and I heard this on and I, I remember the lyrics stuck out to me. Okay. There's a song, and I'm sure you probably know it, Po, because you're a, a big music guy. Um I don't the, want anybody
1: else. The lyric was
2: the lyric was, um, you're so vain, you probably think this song is about you. Mm. Um, and I remember a being classic, in the yeah. in the airport, and I, I, I remember hearing it and thinking, like, well, the song is about this person, so how how vain are they actually, right? Mm. Um so so it's it's like they always say, like, uh, you know, nobody cares what, what you guys say. But clearly, like, if you're responding to that, then, then, then you care what, what is being said, right?
1: Would you be surprised to know that the name of that song is You're So Vain? I would not. I, I, re- I remember that lyric. And who sang it? Would you like to take a guess as we get, enter Zach's pop culture corner? I
2: literally have no idea.
1: The answer is Carly Simon. Carly Simon, could you, would you, if I had said that name to you, would you have known that that was a person in the zeitgeist? This is an old song. No, no, that name. I'm looking
2: in our chat now. Claire Flaxman says, How does Zach not know this song?
1: Yeah, it's it's a very, Claire, I'm sorry to tell you.
2: Claire, there's a lot of things that I I, I feel confident I, I can speak with intelligence about.
1: Music is
2: not high on that list, right? So, um, you
1: know, I, and as I, you let it be known, the, the, uh, song that you did a wonderful job with during the Ospreys, uh, friends in low places, you had never heard that song before. So no, it tells I, you what I, a talented I, musician you no, are. You're I, gonna turn that bad boy around.
2: I heard the song. I, I, I mean, I probably heard it in, oh, okay. you know, like a restaurant or, uh, you know, but I, I didn't know the song per se, but, uh, but yeah, I I don't listen to music in the car. I I, I listened to a great podcast this morning. Um, it was it was Michael Lewis, the author, and he was it was about this this fascinating. I, I don't know. We don't need to get into it. But Let's it was hear it. About, We've already
1: started on it. <laughs> it
2: was about this this um this government employee who spent 15 years learning about or or, or studying about how things drift in the sea. And it's ended up saving all these people. It's, it's, it was really interesting. So, um, yeah, I listened to that this morning. I did not listen to music in the car.
3: How many podcasts do you listen to? Oh, a good week question. Today? Claire, like, um, like
2: episodes or different podcasts? Like
3: I,
1: yeah. Like how many podcasts are on your regular rotation that you, that you were like
2: eight or 10. Um, but, but, but then I'll search, you know, if, if, if I read something about somebody, or like like someone has a book coming out, for instance, I'll search them and I'll listen to to, to a, a a certain interview they they might have done, or you know I I saw my um, I don't know we don't need to get into this. No, nope, we're here. <laughs> I went with my uh, with my in laws to see uh, To Kill a Mockingbird this summer, right? And um, in preparation for that, like I I, I searched you know different. Um, interviews that Aaron Sorkin had done about *To Kill a Mockingbird* and Jeff Daniels when he was the lead in it. So, in any event, <laughs> this wait, the
1: Sorkin wrote thing. the rewrote the play. Yes, yes, it's it's his That's adaptation. Pretentious. <laughs> Sorkin, do you, get your own stuff. This is a this is a classic. We don't need you. Uh, he did a terrific we don't, we don't, job. I, I would recommend anyone who
2: hasn't seen it to to see it. It's 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 terrific. Anyways, let's get back to football. But the, the the reason that came the, up is because it's uh, like
1: the 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 uh, hutzpah to think that you can improve on on To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, only only Aaron Sorkin could well, do no, with this. Well, no, actually, American that's
2: policy. that's what his he was saying in the interview in the podcast is that like it's so intimidating because it's hard to improve on uh, on this. So he just kind of has a different version of it. Better. Is I Boo see Bradley John Dickerson. John Dickerson says Zach. Zach does know it was a book. Right? Yeah, Zach Zach John, I've read yeah, yeah, we... that book a number of times.
1: Yes. Books, books. You can give Zach some yes, some exactly. Music, I can. Books, I'm glad to talk to you about books. What's the uh, the you know the Mockingbird song? You might not know, but from Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Mock.
2: Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, I know that one. All right. Let's uh, let's take a little break and and come back and talk some more. Uh, <laughs> defense. What else we saw at practice today? Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn back on Birds with Friends. Zach, uh, Frankie Montas, Montas traded to the Yankees uh, during the break. How do you feel about that? How does that help big, your fantasy team?
2: Yeah, big move for the Yankees and uh, the number two team in my in my league has Frankie Montas and on an expiring contract. So curious to see uh, how that affects the trade market.
1: Marissa, how are we feeling about the Bombers?
3: Uh, um, whatever to win. That's the Yankee motto, right? (laughs) Watching the Jeter doc, it's like all the, you know, those late nineties teams and all the championships. So haven't won since 2009. So ready, ready to go back into October. I know Phillies fans listening to this are probably hating all of this, but uh, that's, that's where I draw the line. Jeter Yankees. That's always been my team. So
2: enjoying that Jeter doc.
3: Yeah, it's it's really good. Zach, what place
2: are you in?
1: Right now I'm in fifth. Fifth. And how many teams? Sixteen. Sixteen. And we're talking both leagues? Yes. Okay. Five by five? Yes. Okay. On base <laughs> yes. percentage or average? Batting average. Okay. I'm in third place in our NL only league. Uh um, how many teams? Of ten. Uh but NL only. Uh so I have no idea what kind of season Frankie Montes is having because he's irrelevant to me. Seven good year. He was yeah, he was out for a bit is- with
2: an injury and he came back, looked good mm-hmm. in his last start. And
1: his next scheduled start will now be with the Yankees. Well, this is an interesting league because uh, it's the NL only, except it's also the Yankees. This isn't this was a oh, new rule instituted two years ago because the player pool was a little bit uh, too diluted, like there was nobody available on the waiver wire. So every year they would rotate through a different American League team, and that team wasn't a keeper. Uh, it would be like a fresh team every year. But uh, people got tired of that, and they wanted the Yankees to be in permanently, which I objected to. I like the old wrinkle, but unfortunately, I didn't win out on that argument. So, Frankie Montas now into the player pool can be claimed by the 8 p.m. waiver deadline. There
2: you
3: go. So, is Back that what you're going to do in the second half of this podcast? No, I
1: don't. <laughs> go, I, I don't then... think we're going to
3: take. I don't think we're going to go
1: three and a half hours longer uh, on a 45-minute uh, practice, but I could be wrong. Uh, Zach, mm-hmm. you know, I am just but a uh, but a humble takesman. Did that offend you? because um, you
2: referenced it today to
1: Shield. Yeah, it, it only offended okay. me um deeply to my core and and oh. I have still not gotten over it. Yeah, I would say.
3: <laughs> did did Shield listen or did you have to explain the No situation? no he listened.
1: S.H.I.E.L. Oh. has notes. Oh. Oh, um, that's,
3: so, that's so great. Yeah. So good to takes
1: hear. Takesman implies like intellectual dishonesty. Like I'm not telling like I'm I'm saying things for a reaction, not because I actually believe them that is not
2: that was not the implication whatsoever that might well, have been the inference but it was not the implication the implication was that you're someone who has strong opinions that's good you have takes no right? i don't think that's right. not- i think
1: I, I think a takesman I- implies intellectual dishonesty and it's funny because i was i was like in the middle of saying that and ej smith finished my sentence he said intellectual dishonesty i was like thank you that's exactly right no, so that I- is
2: all right so I I view Takesman as as someone who like takes a position has a strong and by the way Bo, if there's anything I've learned in my 4 years doing this podcast with you is you take a position you're not one who's like who's who's dancing well, I think there's a difference between the movement.
1: podcast and like the written word but yeah
2: No, but on this pod you you take a position on the spot yeah i try but on topics where t- you're it's just like I, i'm that's what, what i believe politics. it's you know or players or coaches or owners, it's like, you're very much like, this is what I think about, but there are this things player, that I feel strongly person. about. Yeah.
1: I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to takes you about, uh, practice, you know, you're getting on me because I'm, I'm, uh, poo pooing the, uh, like what matters of one day of non padded practice and saying there shouldn't, we shouldn't draw grand conclusions, but, uh, I'm not being a takesman there. I mean, for the sake of this podcast, I will concede. Then you are not—you are not a takesman. You no, the, the cat opinion. is out of the bag here. Okay. Now I know what you really think of me, and I'm, i am it's, it's—it's hard for me to look at you and myself in the mirror. Wow,
2: I—I I said before. Now, now, we don't need to puff you up here, and we should get back to talk about the Eagles. But I and and this is a, a good transition to it. I said before to you and Marissa, you are so good at the practice observations. I read your practice observations from the, what was it, the the Saturday session you did it? Yeah, Saturday yeah. session. And I thought like it was, you brought the readers there. It wasn't just like, here are some thoughts from practice. Like you documented snap by snap. This is what was, uh, this is what was happening. This is what happened in, in the one-on-ones. So that's a good way of saying here was, is you know, let's, gas me let's up for get into, Bo, you were watching those one-on-ones hmm. today, O-line versus D-line. What did you see?
1: Well, here's my my number one takeaway uh, as a as a takesman. Uh, Jordan Davis getting getting a lot of gas for his performance today, you know, worked with the ones he had a couple dominant reps in one on ones. Uh, One of them was against Will Dunkel. Uh, So take that with a with a grain of salt. You know, Will Dunkel should not be able to block. Uh, jordan davis for for those of you who don't know let's let's try to let's try to do this part will dunkel undrafted offensive lineman rookie out of san diego state uh one of them was against uh my guy coyote Awashika, in which he sort of gave him a uh a strong arm and was able to create some space and push the pocket one of them was against jack anderson jack anderson who was a sixth round pick last year and that was his most impressive rep of the day he sort of just sidestepped him and swam right past him but when he went head to head with Cam Juergens, stoned, Stonewalled, and Jurgens uh, later on, uh, or maybe before Stonewalled Rennell Wren, who is you know a guy who's been in the league and equally not maybe not quite as big as Jordan Davis, but you know three hundred twenty pounds, a big, strong, powerful man. And I think if you were worried about Cam Jurgens, like his matchup wise, it would be against those those big fellas, and he handled both of them. And I think he's been. You know, it's, it's not in pads, so take it all with a grain of salt. But, but through the first four days of practice, I think Cam Jurgens has been very good. So uh, very early going, has not been live. Who knows what, what will happen with his career, but uh, I, I would say a very good start to Cam Juergens' career to my eye. That's a
2: good recap of what occurred. Okay. I, uh, I was in the middle field watching seven on sevens, uh, when those one on ones were going on, so I was watching Jalen Hurts in the offense and secondary, but uh, I, you know, I, thought,
1: I thought you did a good job there. Some other uh, uh, big picture takeaways from those matchups. Jordan Milata looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was good, should at have taken line.
2: your advice with the contract,
1: huh? <laughs> he should have. <laughs> I, could, uh,
2: I was thinking about that yesterday, by the way, when I saw Orlando Brown, um, is playing out, he's playing the year on on the on the franchise tag, right? Um, he's, he's, he's going to play it out. If Jordan, my, played out last year and there's always a risk, but man, what, what his value would have been this year.
1: Yes. He's so young. Uh, yeah, he had a, he had a, he had a report. He swallowed up Josh sweat. It was very impressive. Um, he looks good. Lane Johnson shut down Hassan Reddick. Um, which I feel like you probably would expect, you know, face to face. Uh, good job by Lane Johnson. um, Andre Dillard, I think, looks a little bit better than last year. Not quite as overpowered. He took two reps against Derek Barnett and decisively won the first. And then it was sort of like a stalemate on the second one. He got Dillard won the initial uh, exchange, but then Dillard or Barnett rather found a way to, you know, second effort his way to the quarterback, but probably took too long. Uh, Dunkel was was a a disappointment. Um, Coyote was okay. Took some reps at left tackle. Uh, LaRaven Clark versus Patrick Johnson was a very popular matchup, and Clark won uh, more of those than he did not. Um, Let's see what else. Um, One rep. He only took one rep, uh, but we're talking about a down-roster player. He's a third-team, fourth-team Sam linebacker. Undrafted rookie Ali Fayad showed a little bit of juice as a pass Western Michigan, right? Western Michigan, that was nice. Um, Which got a big
2: shout-out in the Jeter documentary.
3: Yeah. Right,
1: that's where Jeter's father went to,
2: the the cop. Uh, or I
3: don't think that's was... why they
2: moved to Kalamazoo, right? Yeah, was... yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: His dad played baseball at, at Fisk. Fisk, at Fisk yeah. University. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And uh, Sua Sue looked pretty good. That's better. It was actually, sure. you know, you generally speaking, the defense has the advantage in offensive line, defensive line, one on ones, and the offensive line was was uh, much better overall than the defense. I would say. Did the Browns camp have a have? O line, D line today.
3: Um, they did not. They did have live periods, though. Okay. Um, So I was able to watch that. Although, like, tackle to the ground, not tackle to the ground. Okay. Just like team periods. Thud. Um, Okay. But it's very hard to see. I'm like squinting. So, I can move around this year, thankfully, because um, there's more openness um, without the COVID restrictions. Sure. Um, Mm. But naked HD
1: chimes in on the chat. Yeah. Have a good time, find love.
3: Oh jeez! So, and gentlemen, uh, the, the sponsor, It must have the been the Ali Fayad
1: drop that got them in. Yeah. So, to give you guys an um an update
2: on what the Eagles were wearing at practice today, they they had Speaking shoulder pads on. They had shoulder pads on um and shorts. They were not full. It, it was not full pads. They will be full pads tomorrow, like Bo said at the start of this podcast. There will not be tackling to the ground, which is not an uncommon based on the way. The Eagles have done it in recent years, both under Nick Sirianni and Doug Peterson. They got away from the tackling later in Doug Peterson's time as coach. Early on, he had it. Um, and uh, the now I I'm the one who asked that question. and I did not. I should have asked if it's going to be different for the joint practices. And yeah. uh, my guess is that Sirianni's not there yet, right? And that's a discussion with with the coach, uh, you know, with with Kevin Stefanski and Mike McDaniel. But uh, those are um, at at least for the Eagles training camp. No tackling to the ground.
1: I forget we're gonna have some like Mike McDaniel time. That's that's kind of exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the Dolphins and and the Browns. I should say, and and the Browns. I'm not so
1: like I'm not. It's not that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the Browns. I'm looking forward to seeing one of their offensive linemen and being in Cleveland. That's really. (laughs)
3: getting the band back together you know right exactly you know uh,
1: everybody's everybody's seeing each other's legs
3: yeah oh i i got to see mike Sando's legs on saturday
1: (laughs) (laughs) and he's got (laughs) tall
3: legs (laughs) he's got really tall legs i knew he was tall long
1: stems on Sando.
3: yeah somebody's told me he's tall but um yeah it was great getting to see him he's on a tall drink of water he's on a whole training camp tour on um like Midwest East coast. So um, nice little surprise. Great to see. um I wonder you know. if we'll
1: get him in uh, in Philly.
3: I think he B- said he was going to Philly. Yeah. I don't remember. He's going to a lot of places. So yeah.
1: Fantastic. Yep. Uh, so while I was watching O-line D-line, what did I miss uh, that was going on during seven on sevens? Uh, so it's it's, it's,
0: it's
2: I'm sorry. It's what I was mentioning there with Hertz, uh, more drop-offs, um, you know, the, the short passing game. Nothing really um, jumped out there. I, I thought uh, Boston Scott did a good job. Um, in you know, he was mixing in with the first team. Um, he jumped out there. Marcus Epps had an interception today, off, but that was in team drill. Uh, that was a Gardner Minshew pass. The two offense against the, the one defense. Play.
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: And I'll say this, Marcus Epps. We we can talk about him every session here um, or every podcast. He's jumping out to me. And I think he's uh, their best safety. Yeah. Like it's, it's, uh, there's, I mean, first off, there's no safety competition for his spot. He's the guy there there's, there's no shuffling in and out. He's making the most of his opportunity. And I don't think this is, this is like a, uh, I'd say confirmation bias where he's out there. So it's like, you know, it's almost like a, a bias you have to confirm that he's out there, objectively speaking, he's, he's playing well. Yes. And I'm not going to say that's definitively going to or, or, – or definitely going to translate,
1: but so far he looks good. I agree with that. There's a, there's a down roster player who's, uh, who's starting to flash a little bit for me, and it's not someone who I would be predisposed uh, to liking. And that is third team safety, Reed Blankenship. He's not there Why yet. Why wouldn't you – he pretty supposed to like because oh, he's an overager and he's a white guy, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. Call it like we see it, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, some good movement skills. He seems to be around the ball when he needs to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, he's 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 in the mix, uh, to potentially be the, the camp crush, not there yet. Mario Goodrich, who I called out the other day, uh, for a, a little flash. Uh not gonna happen. Not gonna happen with my guy Mario. Um you've stiff. already made that decision. Yeah, it's not him. He's 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 pretty stiff.
2: Okay. The
1: more you know that that flash made me focus on him and the focusing, stiff as a board. So Sean Bradley, sorry. by the way, um, he's been
2: showing up this camp and had an interception, I had think diving the situation It's really
1: interesting. Yes,
2: and and, and the way I, I wrote it in the practice observations is think back to 2020. I mean, Sean Bradley and Davion Taylor showed up to training camp like with a chance to earn playing time, right? It, it didn't work out that way. And I think the uh, defensive coaches kind of determined earlier on that, that these guys weren't ready for showtime, but that the plan was for them to go to camp and try to earn a job um, or, or, or try to earn playing time. Three years later, those guys, or, or three seasons later, those guys have improved. But now they're, they're competing for backup spots, right I, I mean the top of the linebacker depth chart is is pretty much set i mean we we heard um you know nick Rowis speak today uh about kaiser white about tj edwards about nicobe dean um so yeah it, i mean to me it 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 really shows how they've improved the depth chart there that these guys are now your backups
1: yeah and i don't know if they're gonna be able to keep all five guys we'll see
2: Jacoby you keep Stevens. saying that I,
1: I think they're going to keep all five. I think probably, but I don't think it's definite. If you got to squeeze somewhere, I don't know. And Jacoby Stevens had an interception the other day in one-on-ones, actually, which was was impressive. So somebody asked about him in the chat. I think he's got got a shot, too. Interesting uh, position to follow in the uh, preseason games because, as we've talked about, I I think the toughest position to judge in training camp uh, because they're not going live and you don't know exactly what their responsibilities are. All right. uh, One more break here and then back to talk about maybe what we heard from some of the other press conferences. And uh, I have a Britton Covey story to tell you.
0: Back on Birds with Friends,
1: Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn. Zach, uh, we heard from Nick Rallis post practice. We heard from Nicobe Dean and Cam Jurgens and Kaiser White and one other person in the back. Who was that? Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis. Oh no! In in the There's, back or in the yeah, there was somebody else in the uh, middle. Did you mention Quez Watkins? Quez Watkins. Yeah. What were your uh, what were your takeaways from those conversations?
2: So I was not in on Quez. You I was, know, was not I? in on Jurgens. Um, I was I in was. on Jordan Davis. I was in on Nick Rallis. I was in on Nicobe Dean. Um, N'Kobe Dean. So it was interesting. Uh, if you recall the the, the 2019 Georgia defense, um, he he was a true freshman there. He didn't start, but he got playing time just about every game that year. And uh, I asked him what he did to get on so the field be, early. There, a good question. Yeah. And he said he said it, it was just kind of
1: fake it till you make it, right? And he had, um, he had one package that he was involved yep. in. And then the more he was on the field, he sort of got to learn a little bit more. But he can't fake it in the NFL. Um so I, his perspective was really interesting. I thought this was was funny. He's talking about like, you know, I'm here with guys like Jason Kelsey and Fletcher Cox who have been in the league, like doing this job for 10, 12 years. Like 10, 12 years ago, I was nine years old. <laughs> like these guys have been doing this job since I was nine years old. That's crazy, and it is crazy yeah it it was good perspective. I thought Jordan Davis
2: uh, talked a lot about um, you know that that the key for him is is just going forward as 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 opposed to kind of occupying space that's that's the difference with the way he's he's been used. The playbook's not hard. He's at three hundred or he's he's trying to be like between three thirty five three forty um that's that's the target for him um and and so that's what jumped out from Jordan Davis. Uh, Nick Rallis. It was it was kind of player by player. The
1: linebackers coach, just for uh, yes, linebackers yeah, coach talked about
2: his early morning meetings with uh, with Davion Taylor. With Davion Taylor, um, you know he, he 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 purposefully did not go overboard about Nakobe Dean. Uh, regarding Kaiser White, he said it really benefited Kaiser White being in the Chargers defense last year because there were similarities between what the the Chargers do and what the Eagles want their linebackers to do. And then uh, regarding T.J. Edwards said that he just knows everything now. He's playing fast, and and that's the big key. You already know that he processes quickly, but it's just playing quickly is the other part of it. Uh, so that's what jumped out there. I heard Quez Watkins said that he's the fastest player in
1: the NFL. Is that right? He, yes. He, that was his claim. Okay. Seems aggressive, but like the kind of, you know self-belief that you would want someone like that to have he
2: now Bo, i mean you took takesman to be a an insult compliment you had a take leading up to the draft that he was the best of the
1: day three receivers right that's not a take that's like a it's a belief or or like like an opinion like a, a take like so what's the difference between an opinion and a take a take is like uh lebron james is like not even a top 10 player of all time like a a, a take is something you're saying like for reaction okay so that's that's where this is lost in
2: translation i i don't um i don't view it that way i mean i i recall uh being at my college radio station and and nick wright said i need to have more takes right like he he said i was i was too much into the information he's like people want your opinion you you need to have a take. and uh so i i view take is like this is my this is my take on something. This is my opinion on it,
1: right? Um, you know, yeah, they I mean, there's, some get, nuance, there's some nuance here, as you'd so, like to say. You know, Demetrius Nichols,
2: yeah, Demetrius Nichols is is like the most underrated player on Syracuse's team. That's that's a take, right? Um, and it's not like an outlandish opinion, right? You you support it with X X Y and Z, so. When I say take, I I was paying you a compliment that you have it didn't, strong. It was not a, a compliment, whether
1: or not it was as offensive as you intended it to be, it was not a compliment. <laughs> I certainly did not intend to offend you, Bo. Well,
2: I was offended.
0: I I, remain I would offended.
2: say I, I I would say I do not want to poke that bear, right? So um I am not messing with you there. they are calling me
1: a bear. <laughs> Uh, we should mention that uh, Vic Fangio in attendance for the third consecutive day, mm. after a day off. I think that means uh, I don't know what does that mean. Now he was uh, Sirianni was asked a little bit about Fangio, but mm-hmm. you know was sort of referencing him in in line with like guys who come through. But I don't know. Feels like feels like three days in a row is noteworthy.
2: Yeah, Not shout out to the stop. chat for
3: pointing that out. Saying you know is is he a potential consultant? I don't know. Three days in a row
2: so so nick sirianni said regarding that that he allows coaches to come if people on their staff trust him Mm. and then also you hope that that you can get something from that person too in conversations right that you hope it's a two-way street uh so Vic, Vic fangio has relationships with people on the staff and that's that's why he was that's why he's he's there now he's been he's from like pennsylvania now now dunmore's not near Philadelphia or it's not like close to philadelphia but i i, I don't know if he takes up residence around here anyways yeah he was there jim smith the defensive coordinator from iup was there last week you can read all about actually jim smith's relationship with nick sirianni in a story i wrote last year about nick sirianni's days recruiting at iup and next week um sirianni's brother or, or 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 this week Sirian's his brother's going to be there. I don't know if it's if it's I don't know which brother it's going I to be. I assume he means
1: Mike the yeah, head Mike. coach at uh, what is it called? Uh, at, at at Washington um, Washington and Jefferson because yep. the the uh, other brother has been that yes, camp already. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Is there something with like like fanfic vi- Vic fan like fan Vic? Would you do some Vic Fan fanfic? (laughs) Would you write a story of you know imagining Vic Fangio's life as a unemployed guy visiting training camps and the kind of nonsense he might get up to? There's there's some stories I would
2: there's some stories I would throw my hand in for that one. (laughs) It's all yours.
1: (laughs) It's It's a mouthful. Here's something I saw as we were uh, interviewing, I forget who, during the, uh, in the mixed zone. Now, to paint this picture, there's the, the press conference tent outside, and then there's one little setup with uh, microphones behind that so that two people can be giving talks at the same time. In years past, you could just sort of grab guys as they were coming off the field during training camp. That is no longer the case. So right now, it's like two people talking at a time. You don't get one-on-ones, you know, the world we live in. Tough for the Wolves, then. Uh, yeah, not ideal. But uh, we were talking to somebody in the mix zone, and I noticed uh, Jeffrey Lurie was at practice for the first time uh, of camp today. Um, and Britton Covey, the undrafted rookie wide receiver from Utah, makes his way over and introduces and, and, like, just inserts himself to introduce himself to Jeffrey Lurie. Do you think this is a smart move by Britain Covey? Do you think this is a a savvy move by an overaged rookie, maybe knowing the game a little bit more? Or is this a thirsty move by a guy who's trying to be a bit of a Johnny Tryhard and maybe focus on your job instead of trying to run run things up the chain? I think it's one of the seven uh,
2: habits of highly effective people. Okay, explain. All right, Bo. Now this is a reference you need to understand. Well, I, <laughs> I, I've heard of the book, but I don't know the
1: Seven Habits.
2: Do you know who who wrote the book?
1: Um, I want to say, uh, who's that guy with the big head? I have no idea who he is. that the guy who wrote it?
2: Uh, Stephen Covey, who's the grandfather of Britton Covey. Really? Yes. <laughs> nice. Wait. Good job wow, that was
3: awesome good connection zach
2: yes
1: so nice
2: yeah so uh that's that's something that that a highly effective person would do right
1: wow what's uh, the I habit
2: imagine, what's that
1: what's the habit you, you gotta read the book what, can you tell me what the one of the seven it is or
2: <laughs> you're gonna have to read the book okay um but uh but yeah so no i i i think it's a nice um yeah you, you go up and you introduce yourself uh especially was was Jeffrey by himself? At, he was. At that time? Yeah. Jeffrey okay, was alone yeah. at the so moment. There, yeah, he did not. So, so there you go. I mean, we've had times when, 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 we've been at like a company dinner, and I'm waiting to introduce myself to, to you know, someone from the company. To Marissa, but, <laughs> but they're mid conversation with someone else, right? So uh, yeah, that's that's a, that's a great move by by Britton Kofi.
1: If I were, but if I were one of his teammates and I saw that, I mean, I would be, I would be crushing him. I'd be Why? I'd be razzing him nonstop. Yeah. Hey, you call him, call him like, a kiss ass. You call him a suck up. A, not, no, all, you,
2: all oh, you're doing is oh,
0: Mr. Luring. I'm so nice to meet John.
1: Colby, thank you so much for the opportunity. Okay, I just you want to make you proud. Okay, you know what? The <laughs> That's first half, like if I were his teammate, not as a so,
2: impartial journalist. If you read the book, Bo, okay, you would know one of the things they tell you uh, is to be proactive, right? That okay. would strike me as a proactive thing to do
3: zach do you think this is a take that beau has that, that?
2: <laughs> i mean to me like all all the guy did all the guy did was go up and introduce himself right like that's that's a nice thing there's nothing, an interesting
1: discussion you know
2: there's nothing I mean, and in your opinion is that that's a a suck-up move to do no that i'm mean, we're all adults here right you, you should go up and introduce
1: yourself to somebody well yeah i mean if he's like and, and, credit, uh, you know. and credit
2: to Jeffrey Lurie for being approachable, right?
1: Well, he didn't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> he was
2: walking by himself. So I, I once did this, by the way, and I, I, I learned kind of the hard way. To Jeffrey I, I think I, No, well, I, I, I've done that. To, when I got on the beat, I did that to Jeffrey. But my okay. first day on the Giants beat, I went up and introduced oh, yes, myself. to like, yes, I've told you that. And like, In the cafeteria, uh, right? yes yeah i i think that he was a little he's like why is this short guy coming up to me and introducing himself to me yeah, i think yeah. he, thought, he probably thought handsome guy instead a short guy but... um, yeah did the same thing i remember the tom coughlin yeah so it's something frankly that he said probably... you should have introduced yourself five minutes ago <laughs>
1: uh no he, he he did not say that i i don't think it's a bad thing to do i don't think it's a bad thing i yeah. just you know i think it's an interesting thing I'm surprised you didn't know that about uh, his grandfather. Me too. That's you know, bad yeah. job. It's cause I'm a, it's it's because I'm spending too much time on my takes and not enough time <laughs> researching the beat.
2: <laughs> well,
1: you gotta think win-win. Britton Colby, by the way, he he talked to the media on Saturday and um a nice guy, uh very like aware of his uh limitations and what he bring like what the value that he brings is. Uh, I would say not ideal when you're, uh, when a rookie has a similar receding hairline to me.
2: Just so you said not about, ideal.
1: Okay.
2: I think I, I think you have a nice head of hair, Bo.
1: It's held on longer than I would have thought, you know, 10 years <laughs> ago. I would okay. say. Okay. Okay. I thought it was going downhill pretty quickly. It's, it's, uh, it's holding on for dear life. You don't get it cut that frequently that's nice true because yes because my guy cosmo i gotta like make a whole deal out of it i gotta make a whole thing not like you you get yours cut like every nine days no no that's not true back when you lived in the city at least four weeks yes oh, i thought it was more frequently than four weeks
2: sometimes three okay. but
1: yeah anyways.
2: i do need a haircut anyways let's talk football i mean let's or, just <laughs>
0: Okay. Yes. Not much more um, to talk about.
2: Wait. So, just just real quick before we finish this up, let me pull up uh, my notes here uh, with some other things that we might want to discuss. Um, yeah, uh, Gardner Minshew. I, I I don't think has had a particularly strong summer.
1: Um, you know, I think he he's had, made some really nice throws, but he's also been sloppy with the ball.
2: Yeah, he had uh, two, and I, it's not something I I would be worried about at all. Um, yeah, I still think he's one of the better backups in the NFL but this is our first summer watching him. If you recall, he was acquired after the third preseason game last year. Uh, trying to see here. Carson um, Strong has not been very good
1: for sticking no, he's on the not. quarterbacks. That yeah, has not. been far superior. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, no, I think I think that's good for today. I, I saw in some other people's notes, I, I didn't point this out because it's not something that I wrote down or observed, um, but Brandon Graham, uh, jumped out the people, uh, you know. He lined up on the interior today, apparently. Okay. And um, so something to it, watch he did. He that. did
1: some good work in one on ones, but it was it was not as noteworthy because he was working against the number two offensive lineman. So okay. like, you know, Brandon Graham should mm-hmm. make easy work of you know Will Dunkel or even even Jack Driscoll, which he did. So
2: did not point this out in the practice observations, but um, if we are observing the daily. Events of practice wouldn't overstate this, wouldn't understate it, just saying what it is. Derek Barnett jumped off sides. Um,
1: (laughs) I did forget that and I didn't mean to mention it so that we could get to Derek Barnett jumped off sides here. uh, And it was. And I will say that people who I was standing next to, it was very much on their radar to look for you to see what your reaction was when Derek Barnett jumped off sides. Did you, like, you know, rip the buttons off your shirt or throw your notebook on the ground? um or and my notebook is was well, over there <laughs> right now i don't want to get
2: out of shot, but no all i very did calmly
1: is, you just wrote in your notes it's wrote, always him
2: did not i wrote 96 offsides <laughs> i gotta say sometimes sometimes i write notes and then when i go back and, and look at it like an hour and a half i'm like mm. what was i it happens to because me too. Yep. yeah yeah because i i don't write complete sentences i just write number yep. and you know so I'll, I'll i'll write like uh six catch right yep. for Devonte Smith.
1: I can but decode you, you, that for you.
2: But you're like what specifically occurred there, right? right. So yeah, I probably need to be I, and I need to take uh a
1: lesson from you because your practice observations the details are Well, terrific. it's very fleeting. Like I, I I do the same thing and if it's the same day, I can like it will trigger the memory. I will remember what happened on that play. If it if I look at like Saturday's notes, it'll mm-hmm. be tougher like, um, gotcha. you know,
3: So, I don't
1: know. There you go. All right, tomorrow pads on, baby. Yep. Take a night call tonight because otherwise you're not going to be sleeping. You're going to be too excited. Yeah, but then I'm groggy
2: the next day. That's that's the issue I've I've been having recently. Actually, if if anyone in the chat, if anyone in the chat has a recommendation for something that that helps you sleep, am I bumping the mic? Is that a thing I'm doing?
3: You were for a second there. It's okay. Oh,
2: sorry about that. Um, if anyone in the chat has a, he's recommendation,
3: excited for the pads. Yeah. So has, has
2: a. A, a recommendation to help you, uh, you know, sleep, but it's not going to leave you drowsy or melatonin
1: and groggy the next the next morning. Uh, should I do that?
0: Yeah, okay. People I like can try melatonin. that. I,
1: yeah. It hasn't done much for me, but okay. People like it. All
2: right. I'm sorry for, for banging the mic. Actually, I was on our um, on the Ospreys. Mm. I heard like a sound in the background. Was was that my desk or me?
3: Yeah, moving your your little stuff around. Sometimes. Oh, my
2: chair. It's probably my chair. Marissa, yeah. I'm sorry. It's We're okay. Little stuff. Yeah. It's
3: okay. I try to remove it when I can. It's Shoot. okay. Well,
1: I wish you told Okay, I will be better. Next episode.
3: The Ospreys, you're just so excited. People
1: in the chat seem to be recommending some uh, some marijuana for you to uh, go to sleep, Zach.
2: <laughs> I don't think that's happening. <laughs>
1: okay. I'm just telling you, there have been like five recommendations in a row. <laughs> uh, just, you know, if the melatonin doesn't work, something to keep in your back pocket.
2: All right. Well, excited for practice tomorrow. Excited to keep my chair still tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we're going to have much to discuss. It'll be, it'll be the best day of practice yet.
1: That's exactly right. So, for Zach and Marissa and Elijah, I'm Bo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you.